Please join me in the litany of invitation and confession printed in your order of worship. In the fullness of this day, we have much on our hearts and minds. May we be ever open to learning something new, and may our spirits be fed by God who waters our soul. Sisters and brothers, God is faithful. God has forgiven us. May we rejoice as we grow in God's love and love for each other. May we celebrate the value of each of us and the worth of all of us, seeing God's wisdom, mercy, and love all around us. Welcome to the worship of God at Northside Drive Baptist Church on this beautiful Lord's Day, in this beautiful sanctuary, and among this beautiful congregation as we worship God. So welcome to this uh, Mother's Day, this Teacher Appreciation Day, and this Ascension of the Lord Day. It's a good day. A lot of our folk are out traveling, some going to graduation services, others still maybe uh, at a wedding uh, for Jill and for Michael. Uh, others are going to Mother's Day to celebrate with them, but some of you have planned on being here for a special occasion, and so we're glad that you share the day with us. I see that Dick and Wilma Underwood are here all the way from Northern Virginia. It's good to have you home. Uh, Wilma, there's some things to do in the landscaping, and if you, if you didn't bring your gloves and some snippers, we'll loan you some. And Dick, uh, the boilers need some attention. Uh, I hope you brought some uh, paper clips and, and duct tape uh, uh, to repair that with. <laughs> but it's good to have you all here uh, as well. Um, on this Mother's Day, we are attentive to the celebrations among us, like uh, a new mom is here, Allie is here, so we cel celebrate with you. Others of you have celebrations to have, others of you have griefs to have, like for Liz, this is the first uh, Mother's Day uh, without her mother, as for others in our congregation. So we're sensitive both to our grief and also to our gratitude on this, uh, on this day. As we uh, attend to the text, we listen to these stories of the ascension of Christ 
It's two, that one from the Gospel of Luke and one from the Acts of the Apostles that talks about the ascension of Christ. It's a very peculiar teaching, but we'll, we'll untangle it today. And so we'll also listen to the epistle lesson that speaks of the eyes of our heart being opened. And so on this day, we pray for that, for spiritual sensitivity, awareness. We give thanks. We share our grief but also we give gratitude to God for the gift of being together. Welcome. The resurrected Christ speaks to the disciples and is carried into the heavens. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Here ends the first lesson. And now let us say our prayers. God of life, mother of creation, Scripture says, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. So God, mother us this morning. Comfort us with the power of the Holy Spirit. Easter is still fresh in our vision. It springs forth with Mother's Day flowers, with the bounty of nature. Easter explodes with the gift of our mothers for whom we give you thanks, for their fierce protective love, for the thousands of bedtime stories, the packed lunches with their notes and the piece of candy, for the touch only a mother can give. We give you thanks. Touch us now in our joy, but also in our grief. For God, many here have grieved their mother's death. Many here have lost children through miscarriage, misfortune. 
It hurts. And it may hurt now. So may you wrap us up in your arms. For the family of Jane Jordan and all in the community who mourn her death, may you carry us through this day and beyond. Be with those children torn from their parents at the border and be with their parents who are experiencing pain. Our joy and grief that's all bundled up, the complexity of life, its ups and downs, we bundle it up. We give it to you, creator of life, author of salvation, the one who did not leave us as orphans, wandering around like motherless children, the one who gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, who when he ascended left nothing behind short of God's full presence. Such joy we have in Jesus, who will never leave us. That same Jesus who taught his disciples and us to pray, saying boldly, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the eyes of our hearts see the hope of God in the lives of God's people. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Ephesians. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the ages to come. And he has put all things under his feet, and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Here ends the second lesson. <clears throat> Girls and boys, you can join us at the front. Come on over. Oh, 
right, I brought my bunny friend with me today. What do you think a bunny does when they're really, Hop. really happy? Hop. Hop. What else? What might they do when they're really happy? Run around and play with other bunnies. Yeah. Mary Frances? Wiggle their nose. Yeah. I learned that bunnies jump really high into the air and they kick their feet and they twist their bodies when they're really, really happy. What do you do when you're happy? Do you smile really big? Yeah. Have you ever been really, really happy? Yeah? I'm going to ask the congregation, how many of you have been really, really happy? Raise your hands. Yeah. So what does it feel like to be happy? What does your body feel like? What do you feel like inside? Excited. Excited. I know that I feel like my heart is just glowing, like it's just going to burst, and I'm so happy, and it's just overwhelming. I'm so happy. Did you know, a few weeks ago, we talked about something called the law of the Lord, and I want to talk about that again today. How many of you remember, or do you remember, what that means? What is the law of the Lord? Is it like laws that we have today? No, it's not. It's, it's being kind and showing respect and loving everyone. And when we do that, we accomplish, we are following the law of the Lord. So how, how can we, how does showing kindness and respect and love to others, how does that make us happy? Do you think that it makes us happy? Yeah? How so? Maybe when we show others love, it might encourage them to show people love, too. Yeah. So how can we show kindness to other people? Being nice to them. Being nice. That's a great way. How about showing love? How can we show love to others? Playing with them. Yeah. Sharing with them. Being a friend to someone who might need a friend. Those are all great ways that we can show love and kindness to other people. And I bet that we will feel so happy after because we're following the law of the Lord. Okay, so this week, let's try really, really hard to love others, to everyone we meet, to show kindness, and to be respectful of others. Okay? Let's pray. Dear God... We thank you so much for the law that you have written on our hearts. Continue to teach us so that we may show love and kindness and continue living out your word. In your name we pray. Amen.
Jesus blesses his disciples and opens their minds to understand the scriptures. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple blessing God. The Gospel of the Lord. So this sermon is going to be about Mother's Day, Teacher's Appreciation Day, and the Ascension of Christ Sunday. How long do you have, by the way? I know, it doesn't need to be a long sermon, because many of you will be taking your mother out for a special meal, a special place, five-star restaurant, and you'll be trying to get there, I'm sure, before the line forms at Piccadilly with the Methodists. So, let's get to it. When we come to church, we attempt to think theologically. That is, what is God up to in our lives and with our lives? And we use these biblical images sometimes as mirrors and sometimes as windows to look through and look in and see in our lives and our world what God may be up to. But on some days, we have harder work than others. Today is one of those days of the ascension of Christ. I mean, what are we to do with that? How are we to uh, relate to that? And so we have to work on it. But you've been working on me. I mean, my theology has evolved since I have been with you, especially since we've had the Wednesday morning Bible study has kept me working on it. I mean, you can't You can't endure a barrage of Barney Moore questions without it changing you. You know, you have to think through things because Barney's going to keep you on your toes. And so as I thought about this Ascension story, I thought, what would Barney ask? And so as I come to it, here's what I think. I think to say it most succinctly, the way I see it, though the Ascension story looks literal, it is significantly spiritual. You hear? Though it looks literal, what its significance is, is spiritual. In fact, the details can seduce us into trying to figure out the timeline of things. Now, this happened and this happened and this happened. I mean, after all, of the four Gospels, only one mentions it, only Luke. 
And then Luke mentions it twice in the Gospel and Acts of the Apostles. And it's different in each of those. We could end up playing Jesus CSI, trying to figure out the details, and all the while miss the significance. And it's a spiritual significance. My first aha about this, I've mentioned before, I was watching Bill Moyers interview Joseph Campbell on public television a long time ago. I'm guessing it was probably 1988. It was at a strategic time in my life. I was living in an apartment because I was apart from my family. A divorce was looming and my heart was breaking. And I remember, I can remember standing there watching the television and watching Bill Moyers ask Joseph Campbell questions. And I'm not sure how the ascension came up, but it did. And Joseph Campbell said, you know, if, if Jesus uh, was literally ascending into heaven and he was traveling at the speed of light, 186,000 miles a second, that if he was ascending to heaven at the speed of light, after 2,000 years, he would still only be in the Milky Way. I remember going, wow. Hadn't thought of it like that. And Bill Moyer said, well, if he didn't go up, where did he go? And Campbell said, he went in here. He went in the heart. That's why I'm saying that the story looks literal, but it has spiritual significance. Here we are looking at this text. I was remembering a second thing. Barbara Brown Taylor says that what it's about for her is knowing that Jesus took humanity back with him into the heart of God. I remember Bill Hendricks at Southwestern Seminary, uh, Larry, when he would speak and he would wag that long finger at us students and he would say, I want you to know that God learned something through Jesus, that God couldn't learn any other way. God learned what it was like to be human. Hmm. When we think about the ascension and its spirituality, I think about, well, maybe it's because of the blessing part. Remember Luke says, as he lifted his hands and blessing them, while blessing them, he ascends. Maybe that's what the writer's trying to say, that the last word of Jesus is not a curse. I mean, if, if, if that had been happening to me, I would go, my goodness, I'm leaving the church with this bunch of losers. Good grief, it's going to run off the track any moment now. But instead of cursing them, he lifted his hands and blessed them. Now, Luke doesn't say anything about the nail-scarred, nailed hands, but other gospel writers do. Here were these hands that were nailed open that are now held out, blessing those that abandoned him. It is in Luke where he was walking along the Emmaus Road in Camo. They didn't recognize his disguise until with those hands he broke the bread and they recognized him in the breaking of the bread. Those hands are the blessing hands. Tom Long, who taught over at Candler for years, uh, echoes this. He says, this story is not spatial. 
It's not about space and time, but its essence is that Jesus has been included, been taken up into the heart of heaven. And exactly where is heaven? Where Jesus said it is. Behold, the kingdom of heaven is among you. It's taken up, taken into heaven so as to bring heaven toward us. The kingdom of God is among us, is near us the kingdom of heaven. For me, that's the jumping-off point of Ascension Sunday. What it has to do with me is not, well, not like I titled it in the sermon, an absentee Jesus, but rather an attendee Jesus. That in a way, he is now here more than ever, not going into heaven as much as bringing heaven to be among us and with us. Kathy had read about the body of Christ, a phrase that we use of how the church is the body of Christ, but I'm I'm afraid that our familiarity with that has domesticated that term. Oh yeah, the body of Christ. We've tamed it too much. We've domesticated the radicality right out of it. But listen to what it says, that we are the walking and talking and touching and healing body of Christ in the world. Maybe we need to change the phrase, too, that we are the embodiment of Christ. As the church, as we speak a word to the world and tend to it, and as we care for one another, the place where heaven and earth meet the embodiment of Christ. Some of you went years ago to uh, Iona and studied the Celtic spirituality there, and you brought back, I think Garrett was one of those, weren't you? And you brought back a phrase to us about a thin space. A thin space is we think of heaven and earth so separated, but a thin space is when it goes grows close. According to Jesus We all now live in a thin space because the kingdom of heaven has come among us. I wanted to give the mothers among us that word that on a day that is uh, filled with meaning, with great gratitude and some grief, that we experience the presence of Christ helping us get along. A few years ago, I sent out an email survey to the uh, younger mothers in the congregation and asked, what, what do you need on Mother's Day? And nearly to a person, they responded by saying, I'm trying to deal with guilt. Uh, there's a lot of fathers with that too, but may, maybe mothers are born with it more. I don't know. Trying to deal with the guilt of balancing all the pieces of life. The business piece, the life piece, the tending to children piece, the vocational piece. I want to try to uh, mediate some grace here as the kingdom of heaven has come close. On this Ascension Sunday, it's not so much that Jesus has gone up to heaven, but Jesus has brought heaven to be among us as we care for one another. For me, what that heaven coming close means to me is to stay connected to the people I love and who love me, of staying grateful for the life I've been given and stay looking for God. That's the gift I want to give to teachers as well as to mothers who share the burden of responsibility. Just two days ago, I was in um, 
Charleston with the wedding of Jill Johnson and Michael Dunn from Friday night. It was in a beautiful city, the holy city, and it all went well. Um, Joe Meeks was the one who tied the knot, and I got to bless the knot, so it worked well. As I was driving back to my motel, I passed by an AME church, you know, the African Methodist Episcopal Church there. It was founded in 1816. It's 202 years old. This church has been a center of solace and spirituality and civil rights for the African-American community in uh, Charleston. But in 2015, Dylan Roof walked in. He was welcomed in. He stayed for the Bible study, then pulled out a gun and shot 12 people, nine of whom died, including the pastor. He said it was a crime because he was a white supremacist. Now, that church is not known as an AME church, really, in town. It's known by a nickname, you know. It's known as Mother Emmanuel. And we who went for the wedding passed right by it. Mother Emmanuel is like the mothers here. We want safety for our families, but we can't guarantee it, can we? We want to influence our children, but we can't insulate them from the injuries and death in the world. But we can love them. We can lead them. We can learn from them and teach them. We can live large lives embodying Christ among them. We can do what we're going to do at 4 o'clock right here in the sanctuary when we have the memorial service for your friend, Jane Jordan. And her lay group, the Jordan lay group, is going to sit right behind the family, wrangled by Pam Womberg. I've commissioned her as marshal. And she said, we're going to do what Robert Fulgham said do. And uh, everything I needed to learn, I learned in kindergarten, which is when you cross the street, let's hold hands. As we go through these tough times in a congregation's life, that's what we do as the embodiment of Christ. We hold hands on Mother's Day, on Teacher's Day, on Ascension Day, we celebrate that the kingdom of heaven is among us. Amen. It's part of our tradition that when word is offered, an invitation to dedication is also offered. As we respond to the words from text and sermon and song and prayer, to give ourselves to God. That's what the hymn is about as we profess our dedication. I surrender all we sing stanzas one, two, and four. Let's stand together and sing.
like to introduce Ruth Permesian, who is the chair of our Adult Education Committee, to come speak a few words in appreciation of our teachers this morning. Ruth, thank you. Um, Terrell and Mary Frances and Sebastian, could you come forward, please? Um, as chair of the Adult Education Ministry Team, I want to thank each of you who have taught, are teaching, will teach, or even thinking about teaching in our church school. You are the team that makes our church school possible. And I'd like to paraphrase a conversation that I had with Virginia Gilbert last week. When their sons were ready for church school, Virginia and Gail Hermance embraced the role of teachers. For their sons, they wanted the nurturing, the telling of stories from the Bible, the community of believers that would surround them in our church. And so they did. And this is the heritage. So now we have young people who've gone out and become adults who remember those teachers. So thank you, Virginia and Gail. This is what we all want. So today we challenge you to think about participating by teaching, invite you to hear from some of our students who also want to thank this communi community. So Mary Frances, let's get this thing down for you. This year in Bereans, I have learned so much about Jesus Christ and the stories of the Old Testament. I would like to thank Jeffrey Dunkerley, Anna Kate Stevenson, Gloria Smathers, Garrett Ray, Caitlin Cookfer, and my dad. Not only did we learn about our faith, but we also had a fun time. Excellent. Thank you, Mary Frances. And we have Sebastian. I just wanted to say that my teachers. Miss Susan and Mr. JB were one of were the best teachers I've ever had in church. Thank you for teaching us about God's love for us. Thank you, Sebastian. In honor of Teacher Appreciation Day, this in honor of Teacher. Appreciation this week. I first want to say I'm grateful for have had the opportunity to have come, come, come in contact with many teachers, such as family members, church members, and teachers who have who have helped me with needing the extra assistance when I needed it. And I know that teachers have a lot on their minds, such as personal life, lesson plans in a personal life. So I want to say this, just thank you for being that extra support to have helped me become a college student this year. Thank you. Thank you, Terrell. And thanks to all of you who've participated in our church in this way. This is the evidence of what you're doing. Thank you so much, Ruth. And thank you all for uh, speaking so eloquently um, I, I want to give thanks and bless all of the teachers in the last year 
uh, who have helped in any way at Northside Drive Baptist Church uh, in teaching. Um, our, our lists are always provisional and growing. We did our best at recognizing you on the back of our order of worship. Apologies if we left anybody out. But if you have been involved in any way with teaching in the past year, I'd ask you, would you please stand so you could be recognized right now? Please stand. Wow. Look around. And may God bless each and every one of you for your dedication to teaching, for your love of the church. I love you, and the Lord loves you. Thank you. Let me bring a few announcements to you this morning. Um, but before I do that, I neglected something. I jumped the gun. Sorry. Um, one of the students in the art and soul class uh, sent me this word about the teachers I wanted to read. They say, if you are an adult and have never visited the art and soul class, I invite you to join us next Sunday morning. We're so fortunate to have not one or two, but several knowledgeable teachers who never fail to capture our attention and inspire us. I'm most grateful for their hours of preparation and their willingness to share their talents and fresh insight with us. So thanks from the art and soul class. And now a few things to bring your attention to. Uh, Thursday, the 24th of May, there will be a church and conference. We'll be voting on the bylaws, uh, a copy of which is available in the narthex as you leave. As we've heard this morning, we come this morning with grief and gratitude with pain and with joy mixed together. Uh, a few things to note. The memorial service for Jane Jordan will be held at 4 p.m. today in this sanctuary, followed by a reception at the Aberdeen. So we pray for Jane's family, for all those touched by her death. But with our grief, as you've heard, we also bring joy. Joy at the wedding celebration of Jill Johnson and Michael Dunn, who were married Friday night in Charleston. Uh, joy and celebration for Jeffrey and Jade, who will be married next weekend. We look forward to their wedding. We congratulate our seminary graduates, uh, Anna Kate and Jeffrey, who graduated from seminary with uh, MDiv. May God be with all of you I've mentioned and all of those you hold close in your heart today. Uh, may God be with you at this very moment. And now the choir brings us this offertory anthem by John Rudder, who, as you see on your order of worship, took the words of Psalm 47 and set them to music. So let's continue our worship of God by the giving of our tithes and offerings.
All-loving God, we give thanks for your grace and love that comes each day, that is felt like mother's arms and parents' blessing and teachers who invest in our lives. Bless us as a church as we embrace one another and reach out to the whole world. May the choir's passion be ours. May this be our story and this be our song. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. And as we prepare to go, may the strength of Christ uplift you, the comfort of the Holy Spirit surround you, and the grace and mercy of God give you hope and give you courage this day and every day as we prepare to go in peace. Amen.